0: Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the Justin Rogers Sports Podcast. I just wanted to start this episode off by saying thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to my last podcast episode because it was the first time I recorded in probably about two years, I would say. It's been a while. I know I was rusty. I said, um, a lot, and I apologize. But we're just getting back into the swing of things, and... Thank you. Nonetheless, I really enjoyed getting the chance to talk about the Niners and the Giants in the previous podcast, and I kind of just wanted to switch gears a little bit for this episode and focus more on the Warriors and the Giants. I really want to talk about the Warriors outlook on this season, what my expectations are for them. Might even do a sneak peek on my ratings for the MVP award thus far. (laughs) And then for the Giants, I kind of want to talk about who I'm excited to see this upcoming season, what I think the chances are of seeing some of their younger prospects, and then just kind of want to dive into what I think the record is going to be in 2021. So thank you again for everyone who listens and let's get into it. So at the time I'm recording this podcast, the Warriors are eighteen and fifteen. They're currently the eighth seed in the West. They just played against the Pacers tonight in a tough defensive battle. And it seemed like it was a real grinded out effort with Steph Curry struggling. But nonetheless, they got to the win. It was a game that I felt like they should have won. Same with the game against the Knicks yesterday. I felt like these were must-win games, especially after losing the two previous games against the Hornets and the Magic, uh, which were both easily winnable games and games that can haunt the Warriors later on in the year if they continue to drop games in which they should win. But... They bounced back nicely uh, since those two crucial losses. And it's got me wondering what we can expect for the Warriors for the rest of the season and if they can go on a run come playoff time. To me, the Warriors will live and die by how Steph Curry performs. Thankfully, to this point, he's playing like an MVP candidate, potentially, Uh, I'll get more into that later and how I feel he ranks in the MVP discussion. But he's averaging uh, numbers extraordinarily close to his previous MVP award. And he is carrying the Warriors uh, almost single-handedly, I would say. Because aside from him, you don't really have someone that you can rely on night in and night out to get the job done if he's struggling i'm not saying andrew wiggins is a bum or anything he's playing really well actually this year uh both offensively and defensively but again he's not a player that averages 20 points per game he's not a player who you can count on to really take over if steph curry is playing off like which he was tonight in their game against the pacers And don't get me wrong, the Warriors are a lot better than they were the previous year. Steph is healthy. He's playing at an MVP level, like I mentioned. Kelly Oubre is finally getting out of his early season horrendous start. And Andrew Wiggins, uh, like I also mentioned, he's been tremendous as a two-way player this year. But I just do not think that it's enough for them to make a deep, playoff run they better hope that Steph Curry balls out every night which he's capable of doing but the inexperience the youth of this roster and just overall the lack of experience makes it very hard for me to see the Warriors really having an impact in the playoffs this year they're really missing Klay Thompson and I think they need another trusty veteran presence to come off the bench they don't have Andre Iguodala anymore. They don't have Sean Livingston. They don't have David West. They don't have those guys that you can count on in the second unit to keep the roster flowing, to keep the game flowing, and to keep up that offensive production. Uh, Just looking at the numbers closely, when the Warriors have Steph Curry on the floor, they are averaging uh, 11.3 points more Per 100 possessions, I believe it's 115 points per 100 possessions as opposed to 96 per 100, which is unspeakably bad. So there's a drastic difference. And when you get into the playoffs and you're playing against those deeper rosters, like you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, you have the Nuggets, it's going to be hard to count on someone on a nightly basis to pair up with Steph Curry and to keep that flow going while he's on the bench. It's extremely tough. And I would not be surprised to see the Warriors, uh, lose in the first round of the playoffs. My hope is that they can make it to the Western conference finals or even the NBA championship. But I think that is out of the equation this year. I really think they need Clay Thompson and I think they need, Another year of developing James Wiseman, or as I like to call him after tonight, Big Jim. But honestly, though, just looking at the Western Conference right now, it's going to be a dogfight, and the Warriors are going to have to play at tip top level to have any sort of impact. The Jazz, they're the number one seed. They're 26 and 6, Clippers, 23 and 10, Lakers, 22 and 11, Suns, 20 and 11, which have been a pleasant surprise. Adding CP three to that roster was huge. Maybe I'll talk more in depth about that in another podcast. Uh, the Blazers, Damian Lillard, he's another player playing at an MVP level. Uh, the Blazers are eighteen and thirteen right now, and he's absolutely killing it without the help of Yusef Nurkic or CJ McCollum. The Spurs, you can always count on them to be some sort of successful. They're sixteen and twelve. The Nuggets are the seventh seed. At 17 and 14. And then the Warriors are the eighth seed at 18 and 15, which if they were playing in the Eastern Conference, they would be, let's see, they would be the fourth seed, just right below the Bucks. So it's gonna be a tougher path for them. Thankfully, they have Steph Curry on their side, and the more experience that they get, especially the younger players, the better they're gonna be. They're playing really well so far this season, despite the deficiencies in their roster. So you never know, maybe they catch their stride and they really get in a nice rhythm. They can go on a run and they can attain a higher seed in the Western Conference. And maybe they could upset someone in the playoffs. Who knows? Anything is possible as long as they have number 30 on their side. Who's playing like an MVP and who's actually in my list of early MVP candidates in that discussion. If I had to rank the top five, I would probably go Joel Embiid at number one, just because he is having an absolutely ridiculous season, averaging uh 29.8 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, while also shooting 52% from the field and 40% from three as a center, which is absolutely ridiculous. Also, the 76ers are having a successful season. Uh, They're 21-11, and the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and they're playing remarkably well, especially when Embiid is in the lineup, um, as opposed to when he's off the court. They are... 21 points per 100 possessions better when he's playing and he has been one of the most clutch players in the NBA this season and his top 10 in several key categories so he's my number one coming in at number two is another big man in Nikola Djokic for the Nuggets he is having another insane year just especially out of the center position, 27 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, eight assists per game, almost two steals per game. And he's shooting 56% from the field and 40% from three, which like is absurd. Just like Joel Embiid shooting 40% as a big man from three and just the 8.4 assists per game as a center as well is just freaking ridiculous. And... He is a special player, and I would not be surprised if he won MVP. My only concern with him is the Nuggets are kind of in a similar position with the Warriors where they're one of the bottom tier seeds right now. They're a good team, but I just don't know, uh, historically speaking, if it'll be enough for him to win the MVP award. That's where I give the edge to Embiid over Djokic. No knock on Embiid. His stats are absurd as well. And then coming in at number three, this can kind of be interchangeable with three or four. Um, I have Steph Curry, who's averaging over 30 points per game. Like I said earlier, they're 115 points per 100 possessions when he's on the floor, as opposed to only 96 per 100 when he's off. So they're scoring almost 20 points more per 100 possessions with him on the court. And he's averaging 30 points a game, 6 assists, 5 rebounds uh, over a steal a game. And he's made the most 3-point field goals so far this season, which isn't a surprise. And he's shooting at like 42%, which is pretty standard for Curry's career. Uh, His stats are eerily similar to when he won the unanimous MVP award a few seasons back. Again, just like with Jokic, his main knock is yeah, the Warriors are remarkably better with him on the court, but is it enough? Historically speaking, the MVP award goes to either to a player that's either on the number one seed or the number two seed in their respective conference. And I, although they're a lot better with Curry on the floor and he's the reason why they have a majority of their 18 wins and they're over 500, it's their record's just probably not going to be good enough for Curry to win the MVP award. So for that reason, I doubt he'll win it. But as a Warriors fan, of course, I'm going to root for him. And then four is Damian Lillard, which could also be interchangeable with Curry because they're having similar seasons so far. And Lillard and Curry have uh, similar numbers as well. Let's take a look. Damian Lillard, yeah, he's averaging almost 30 points per game, 29.6, so... Pretty close to Curry, eight assists per game, which is more than Curry, four point four rebounds per game, and he's making about four three pointers per game, and he's top ten in all the advanced metrics and second to only only to Curry in ORPM, um, and he's doing all of this without Yusef Nurkic and without C.J. McCollum, and they are currently the fifth seed in the West, so Lillard and Curry, where they finish in MVP rating, will be highly dependent on uh, where their teams finish the season, respectively, I believe. Don't quote me on that. That's just my gut feeling if they keep up the same pace and they're playing with the same numbers that they have. Uh, And then coming in at number five is LeBron in year 18, as people would try to remind you he's averaging 26 points per game eight rebounds eight assists which is similar to his last mvp award in 2013 i see that he ranks higher on some other people's list simply because what he's doing in year 18 is absurd and i don't want to take that away from him but just seeing how the lakers are playing without Anthony Davis. They've lost four in a row, and I think they're one in five overall without him. I think that further proves the point that right now, Anthony Davis is more valuable to the Lakers than LeBron James. Not saying he's not valuable, not saying he's one of the top players in the league. Still, what he's doing in year 18 is absurd, but I would give the edge right now to Anthony Davis in terms of importance to the Lakers as opposed to LeBron. They need Davis on the court to be successful and to really have an impact in the playoffs and to potentially repeat as NBA champions. They're not going to be able to do it with just LeBron. They could get there with him uh, because he's taking much less talented rosters to the finals, but I don't know if they'll be able to overcome the firepower in the East of the 76ers or the Nets or even the Bucks if Anthony Davis is not healthy. We'll see how these rankings play out for the rest of the year. I'm certainly interested in seeing how they play out. Um, I hope Curry wins as a Warriors fan, but I would really be impressed. If If Curry was completely out of the conversation, I would either want Joel Embiid or Damian Lillard. Those would be the two other players aside from Curry that I would want to win the award. Again, not saying Curry will. I believe probably... Joel Embiid. That's my gut feeling. He's going to win MVP this year. You can mark it down. (laughs) Um, All right, real quick before I run out of time here, I kind of want to shift gears and I want to talk about the San Francisco Giants. And just because spring training is among us, uh, now all the rosters are down, not just pitchers and catchers like in my previous podcast. Everyone's down there. Games are starting soon. Giants are still signing some players. And I am... Kind of excited. I'm not going to lie. I don't expect the Giants to be a playoff contender this year. I don't expect them to go to the World Series. I don't expect them to overcome the Dodgers or even the Padres in the division. But I want to see how the new players they signed do this year. There's a lot of players on one-year contracts or players uh, from the previous rosters that are on the final year of their contracts. So I'm interested to see, for a number of reasons, who has success, who the Giants will bring back. Will Posey have a successful year after taking a year off? He's only getting older, and he's had some injuries in the previous seasons. Uh, will Brandon Belt be good this year? He recently had, I believe it was heel surgery. Uh, so he's going to be out for a little bit. How will he do? How will Brandon Crawford do? how will Johnny Cueto do, and then some of the other players. But the players I'm most excited to see are Aaron Sanchez, who missed all of last season with a shoulder injury. He had shoulder surgery and he was out the whole year. And then he struggled the previous couple years before that. But I believe it was in 2016 that he was an all-star. Don't quote me on that. I'm going to go ahead and look it up. But – um. I heard recently he was hitting up to 98 miles per hour in his most recent bullpen, which is exciting. Yeah, looking at his baseball reference page, in 2016, he was an all-star with the Blue Jays when he was 23 years old. He was 15-2 and with a 3 ERA. And then 2017, it ballooned up to 4.25, and then 4.89, and then 5.89 in 2019, Hopefully the shoulder surgery was a success and he can kind of rebound and uh, rebuild on some of that success he had early in his career. Very curious to see that because if he does have a successful year, I can see the Giants potentially signing him again in the offseason to maybe a two- or three-year deal depending on how successful he is. Also depends on how much money he commands as well. Uh, Another player that I'm excited to see is one of my favorite players on the roster for – no particular reason. Uh, Mauricio Dubon. I think I like him because he was a Giants fan growing up and he's young and he's just a player that I'm really excited to see both defensively as he's evolved into a pretty much play anywhere player. He can play second, first, center field. And he's he did pretty well in center last year and he hit pretty well. And I'm excited to see if he can build upon that, maybe hit for a little bit more power Um raise that on base percentage and then also improve even further defensively in center field if they choose to play him there again this year. Another player I'm excited about is Mike Yastrzemski. I was very skeptical on Mike Yastrzemski after his breakout year in 2019. I didn't know if he could replicate it in 2020 just because that was the first real impact that he had on a roster in his major league career and he was like, 29 so curious to see if he can have another successful season because i believe if he was if the season last year was the regular 162 games i think he was on pace to hit uh probably like 25 to 30 home runs i would say so i'm curious to see if he can do that in a full season this year in 2021 another player i'm excited to see is Jalen davis Another player that I was really hoping would put it together last year, he's had phenomenal power in the minors. I think in 2019 when they brought him over in AAA, he had like 30 or 35 home runs in the minors uh, in 2019. Didn't really get a long look last year in 2020 because it was a shortened season. He only had 12 at-bats and only got one hit. So I'm curious to see if he makes the roster – out of the gate, out of spring training, how long of a look will Gabe Kapler give him in the lineup and can he put it all together or is he just another one of those classic quadruple-A players Will they where they rake it up in the minors and just can't quite put it together? Hopefully that's not the case. He's still young, so we'll see. But he's another player that I have my eye on. Another aspect that I'm curious about in this upcoming season are What are the chances that we see some of the younger stars this year, like Elliot Ramos or Marco Luciano, even? I feel like that's a pipe dream, and that's just wishful thinking on my part. I don't think we'll see him. Who knows how the season will go and if they'll bring him up in September as a part of the September call-ups. Highly doubt it. He's only 19 years old. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Elliot Ramos at some point in 2021. Obviously expect to see Joey Bart sometime this year as well especially if he starts raking in the minors and Kurt Casale is not really doing that great offensively uh, especially with Buster Posey's age I'd expect Joey Bart to come up who knows maybe he tears it up in the spring and he comes up right away and there's no need for Kurt Casale I'm not sure but um, also be curious to see some of the other younger talent that they have this year. Um, will Logan Webb be successful? Will we see Sean, Sean, Jelly? Who knows? I'm very excited to see what comes of this season, how they'll end up, where their record will be. I want to say maybe 76 and 86 or 78 and 84. Maybe they'll hover around 500. Throughout the year, I don't really expect them to be anything better than 500 at best. I do expect them to be competitive, though. Give some teams a run for their money. Hover around 500. Maybe, maybe go slightly over 500. We'll see. But I would say, realistically, maybe 78 and 84. That's what I'm going to punch it in at. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, they'll have more success. We'll see though spring training is starting soon and I am eager to see how they play this year. That's it for this episode of the Justin Rogers sports podcast. Thank you all for listening. Once again, Uh, I hope you all enjoyed some of the points that I've been making. Let me know what you think. Reach me on Twitter at Justin L Rogers, or I don't know if you're one of my friends, text me or something. But anyways, thank you all. And I'll see you next time.